Welcome to The League, an NBA pod. Today I'm joined by Zach as we do our weekly Under the Radar episode. I break down the Phoenix Suns and he brings some players to the table that aren't getting national attention like they should be. Finally, we go over our League Pass Gems of the Week, so make sure you listen up. All right, welcome back to the pod. I got Zach on here with me today. Go ahead and say what's up. It's your boy, Zach. Make sure you follow me on Twitter. I'm the Twitter GOAT and I'm the Twitter most. You know how I go. Yeah, whatever you say, but uh, anyways, so yeah, we got our deep dives, some under-the-radar topics like we do every Wednesday. Before we get into that, I'm going to go over some league news. All right, so John Collins is suspended 25 games for testing positive for peptide 2. It's a synthetic drug that's used to increase appetite and food intake in healthy male subjects. So yeah, he just violated the anti-drug policy. Similar to DeAndre Ayton and Wilson Chandler. So this is the third person, which is kind of crazy because I don't remember ever seeing these problems in the league. How about you? Right, man. It's like you're not even smoking dope. You're doing steroids. Come on. HGH, really, bro? <laughs> At least you keep out smoking some dope or something. Something cool. Man. No, no, no. I'm joking now. Drugs are not cool. But, uh. Yeah, no, I don't remember ever seeing this so much. And it makes you wonder, have players been doing this? Or is it something new? Or is the NBA just now beginning to crack down on it, you know? I think the league is definitely getting tougher on this type of stuff. There's no way that people haven't been doing this. Right. And most of them aren't like, it's not like baseball. People are just trying to get like big. Yeah, it's not like people are juicing. It's more so people are taking things to help them recover quicker. Right. So I'm pretty sure this has been around for the longest time. I don't know. League must just be having a more zero tolerance policy for this kind of thing. So this would be interesting to see if anybody else pops up. He went ahead and released a statement saying that he feels bad and he wants to apologize to the city, the organization, his teammates, all that. And saying that he's going to appeal it because it was an accident, which is what they all do. In our previous file, we talked about Aiton apologizing and saying that he's going to appeal it. But like I said then, it's one of those things where they're just trying to save face. Like they don't want to just admit to it. So you gotta appeal it. Just even if you did it on purpose, you can't like so let it look like you did that on purpose. Right. So is he getting is he getting paid for these twenty five games still? Nah. So I think with Aiden lost a couple million. I had the numbers, I forgot what it was. But yeah, he's right. definitely gonna lose a couple million. Yeah, yeah. He's real sorry. <laughs> so yeah. Let's go ahead and move on. Let's get into our first team. So today I have just one team. This team that's very hot right now. Pardon the pun. It's the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> hey, bro. Hey, you see the game against the Sixers? I heard there's a Sixers fan around. Was it you? <laughs> Dude, too trite. Nah, nah. I watched, I watched it. I've seen them. I'll let you speak on the Suns. Go ahead. Go ahead. I got some things to get off my chest. Yeah, so the Suns are 5-2 and two to start the year. They're top 10 in offensive and defensive rating. Coming in 9 in offensive rating and 7th in defensive rating at around what? 100.9 points for 100 possessions, which is actually super solid. I mean, I would not have seen them being top 10 in both this year. In fact, the only other team that's top 10 in both offensive and defensive rating is the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Philly. No, nah, Philly's offensive rating is like 15, bro. What is the offensive rating at 106? Mm-hmm. Uh, 106 to 108 makes that big of a difference? Nah. Definitely. I think it's one of those things where having Devin Booker take that next step has, you know, strengthened the play of the entire team as well as the GM adding vets to go around him. So, I mean, over the summer, they got Aaron Baines, Dario Saric, Ricky Rubio, Frank Kaminsky's been giving them pretty decent minutes. I mean, even Mikael Bridges is taking a step forward. 
it's kind of like everything's kind of coming together at once, which is why it's just why it really sucks that Aiden isn't playing right now. But the team as a whole is just more cohesive. Like on defense, they're trying harder. On offense, they're hitting shots. They're actually getting into their sets. They're really challenging the other team and making it tough on both ends of the court for other teams. Man, have you seen any other games this year? Yeah, I've watched a couple games, and I'm going to make this blanket statement to begin with. The top 10 in both is not going to last, so let's not jump the gun. And the Suns are not a playoff team, so let's not jump the gun. You still got my T-Wolves in there battling it out. But uh, no, for sure, the Suns, the Suns are looking a lot better. As I told you off air, when Aiden went down well, after the first game of the season, I kind of felt like, like okay, there goes the Suns season. You know, their second best player is going to miss 25 games. Like, it's just not going to be a good situation. But they have not missed a beat without them. And the, I see this somewhere, I think it was on the Athletic, the starting lineup of Ricky Rubio, Kelly Oubre Jr., Aaron Baines, Devin Booker, and uh, Sark is a top 10 starting five in the league. So when you have a lineup that's playing that well, that's coming in playing that well together, I mean, the team's going to win games. So I didn't expect them to come in playing this well. But at the same time, if uh, Devin Booker is going to be your franchise player, it's about time he takes that step and, and becomes a franchise player. Like now he's, I mean, he was passing last year, but against the Sixers, like it seems he was really holding defense. He was sliding his feet. He was rotating. He was using his body. So I've never personally been a big time Devin Booker fan per se, but you got to give credit where credit is due. And uh, he's looked pretty good. Yeah, on the season so far, he's averaging 26 oh, points. Scratch that. He looks, he's looked amazing. Sorry. On the, on the season so far, he's averaging 26 points on 53.5% shooting from the field. He's 50% from three at five and a half attempts per game. They're giving you five assists to three and a half turnovers, which isn't the greatest assist to turnover ratio, but he's still giving you production there. So, I mean, he's been solid all year. On top of that, I mean, he gave the Sixers 40, very efficient night. But going to your point about it not lasting the whole year, I think the biggest thing to point to is just the shooting overall. As a team, they're shooting close to 40% from three. So I would expect it to come down a little bit. The prime suspects for that are Ricky Rubio, who's shooting 40% from three on about two and a half attempts. You also got Aaron Baines shooting 48% from three on four and a half attempts. And while I do see that Aaron Baines has definitely improved his shot, I remember back against the Bucks in the playoffs, he just pulled it out out of nowhere, <laughs> <laughs> just flashing that thing. But I mean, he's he's definitely worked on it. It's definitely gotten better. But forty eight percent is at, is absolutely ridiculous. So that's going to come down probably to around like thirty seven. Crazy. Thirty six. Crazy. There's no there's no way he's going to shoot almost fifty percent from three on the season. But I guess the man bun with no man bun anymore is out here really hitting threes. Outside of him, Javon Carter is also giving you good minutes, shooting forty one almost 42% from three as well. And he was really big when Ricky Rubio missed some time. He came right. in and stepped up solid. You know, he's a defensive guy, hard-nosed guy. But when he's making shots, he's a two-way player. You know, two-way players are one of the most valuable things in, in the NBA, league. Right. And he's actually the Phoenix version of a little Patrick Beverly in some ways. I feel like he kind of likes – Javon Carr likes to bark. He gets after your defense and guards you full court. Oh, definitely. In he fact, aspires to be Patrick Beverly, I'd say. I mean, against the Clippers, that was the game that Ricky Rubio didn't play. So you did get to see them both on the court at the same time. Right. That was also the game Devin Booker torched. Not torch, but he definitely. No, he torched Patrick Beverly and was running A. Talking bad to him. Yeah. Well, he talked bad to everybody because even him and Josh Richardson was doing a little bit of jawing last night. Yeah. So, I mean, that's Devin Booker's game. But anyways, getting back to the team. 
when you have all these guys shooting this well, it allows you to run your sets, allows you to have space on the court. So now Devin Booker's being able to get into his mid-range shots without getting double teamed. He's getting all the way to the basket. Ricky Rubio's able to make plays. Guys are hitting, you know, open shots off the pick and roll when you're driving, help comes or kicking it out to the three. And it's just splash. And then off the bench, I mean, Tyler Johnson's been pretty solid, giving you only seven points. But in some of the previous games, he's stepped up to a bigger production than that. He's also shooting around 47% from the field, 40% from three. So he's definitely giving you solid minutes, even if it is spotty up and down some games. It's worked out. Some of the other guys. Mikael Bridges. Yeah, Mikael Bridges. He's not, I mean, he ain't been up too much, but like, I, about, like, it's not, for me, it's not even about the numbers. The biggest thing about the signs that I see right now is they have a roster full of people who you feel comfortable with on the court. That's say, right? So it's like Mikael Bridges, yeah, he's not out here tearing it up or nothing. But I mean, he, he's also another defender, right? He's, he's giving you almost two steals a game in, in 20 minutes. So he's another good defender. But it's just like, he, he's somebody. He's not a great offensive player, but he's somebody when he's on the court, you're not panicking. In previous years, the Suns bench, you got people on the bench who you're like not comfortable with, who you're questioning if they're an NBA player, right? They have fringe players. Like right now, they have maybe one fringe player who gets any minutes, and it's he probably got in a blowout, a Kobo maybe. A Kobo doesn't even play, bro. Yeah, but like in serious minutes, I mean, you got uh, Cam Johnson plays every night. He's probably the only player. That plays that who you could maybe argue was a fringe NBA player who's a rookie, you know, like that. So even Cameron Johnson, he only plays a couple minutes. Yeah, like he like he gets in for like probably one five minute stint each half. Yeah, if that. But yeah, I mean, yeah, the team just looks fluid, man. Like they're not just relying on Devin Booker to score forty points every night. Right. Like he's had help, and it's just made a world of difference. Definitely one of those teams. It's fun to watch. I think in the league they are eleventh in pace, so they're definitely getting up and down the court. And so when you have a team that's like hitting shots, because they're one of the top teams, like we said, already said offensively, and they're running. So it's like a, they're an aesthetically pleasing team. Like it's really fun to watch them. And I can't remember the last time I ever thought, you know, it's fun to watch the Suns play. Then maybe not since what Bled and Dragic and them there, they were okay to watch. Probably not since Steve Nash was carving people up back in 07, 06. Yeah, probably. I mean, no, I mean, I can't lie. The, the, the Suns team with Bledsoe was an okay watch. But they haven't been exciting to watch since Nash left, honestly. Yeah, Blaze, most of his teams with the Suns are pretty trash. He had like one year, it was kind of cool. But like, he, I'll say this they've had teams where, like, so some people think Devin Booker's fun to watch. Some people think Doc Bledsoe was fun to watch. You know what I'm saying? But like, now this team as a unit, the Suns are a pretty good watch as a unit. But this is coming from a Sixer fan, so you got. I mean, to be honest, the Suns should really thank the Sixers. We gave you Monty Williams, and we gave you Dario Sark. We didn't <laughs> give you Dario Sark, but he came by way of Philly, essentially. So, <laughs> Yeah, for sure. So, Phoenix is off the Brett Brown coaching tree. So, you're welcome, Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, shout-outs to Monty Williams. I've never been a fan of his because I was a Pelicans guy way back in the day when he was running that team. But he seemed to have learned his lessons. The team looks really great. And he does not running those trash sets he used to run back in the day. So, shout-outs to him, man. And he just seems like a good guy. Nice. Oh, one of the best dudes in the league by far. A nice light-skinned man. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, let's go ahead and move on to your topics of the week. Things that caught my eye. It's not all factual, but it's alternative facts. So, 
If I say it, just take it, roll with it. But yeah, so this week I'm bringing you three. Last week I brought you five. It wasn't as eventful a week for me. So my first topic I'm going to bring up is the Roy Hachimura situation out of, out of D.C. Why? Because in my opinion, right, from what I've seen from him, at least not, it's not out of this world numbers. He's giving you 14, five boards, you know, a steal a night. One turnover, one assist. That's not good. But <laughs> no, that's not good. But no, just like uh, as I said, like uh, if you follow me on Twitter, I tweeted Roy Hachimura. I was big on him last year at Gonzaga when he was playing, and then when the draft rolled around, I kind of cooled on him because at six eight, six nine, is he a power forward? He's a small forward, pretty athletic, not a freak, not a freak athletically, but a good athlete. Uh, has a pretty good mid-range stroke. The three-point jumper was questionable. So it was like, what is he at the next level? That was my big question. So when the draft came and I cooled on him, I was like, yeah, I'm not really a believer in him. But as I thought about it again, for the exact reason, being a master of none, jack of all trades, the exact reason why I cooled on him might be the reason he becomes a star in this league. Because the Wizards now have a chance to mold him. Drunk. This, the Wizards have a chance you're to drunk. mold him into anything they want him to be. No, you're drunk, bro. He's a poor man's Jabari. All I hear is four years, is he still in the league? Yes. No, no, no. D- defensively, he's much better than Jabari already. You can't argue that. Oh, that's a high bar. Okay. Well, you don't want to brought it up. Well, I'm <laughs> just saying, is, is he the next Kawhi? No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Just calm down. Calm down. Calm down. Please don't crash the car off the road. No, but seriously, I think he has a chance to potentially be a very good player in this league. And I genuinely believe that. I believe he has the tools. Like, the jump shot's not broken. It looks good. He can heat up. Uh, he has some handle. He can get to the rim. He has good size. He can be a mismatch for threes because he's too big, too strong. Mismatch for fours because he's he, he has a, a legitimate first step off the bounce. So, I think he does have a chance to become a very good player. I wouldn't say like a superstar, but a very good player in this league. And uh, I think he will be first-team all-rookie, second-team. He'll be all-rookie this year. I mean, as a lottery pick, he should be. But I think he'll be first-team all-rookie this year. I mean, we'll see. I think if we knew anybody in the Wizards, it should have been Isaiah Thomas. IT, Getting his start again. IT's not low-key. I see Baldur's Life tweeting it. I see, yeah, I see Bleacher Report tweeting it. Okay, that's but, fair. But also... Big shout-outs to IT. He needs to cut the fro, go back to the fade. The fro's <laughs> ugly. I saw you try to get the cornrows the other day. It was trash. But IT's my boy. I loved him in Boston, and I hate Boston. I loved him in Cleveland. You know, he stuck up the joint, and I've been loving him ever since. So shout-out to my boy IT. Keep doing your thug thizzle. Shout-out to Nipsey. Marathon continues. Yeah, all that, all that, all that. Let's go ahead and get into your next one, man. Hey, don't rush me. So... My next topic is going to be one of the most polarizing players in the league, Brandon Ingram. Is he all NBA this year? I mean, if he continues at this pace, yeah. Putting up 26 a night, seven boards, four assists, shooting 48% from three and 55% from the field. Oh, my God. The boy's doing it. So, I mean, the Pelicans are one and six. So that's a problem, right? But you don't have Zion. Has Lonzo missed a game yet? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. He hasn't missed a game yet, but it's, he's due for a missed game. So he'll probably miss a game around the corner. So with the injuries, it's going to be tough for them to win games. But and uh, I'm pretty sure 
Drew Holiday has missed a game or two himself as well. So, I mean, they've had injuries, so you can test why they're losing. But Brandon Ingram has looked great this year, and uh, he might be an all-star caliber player who's coming into his own right now. The All-NBA talks are a little premature, but all-star level player, I think that's within, especially with Curry Hurt and all that, but I think it's within reason. I think the biggest thing with Brandon Ingram is he's hitting his mid-range shots. Hitting his mid-range shots, and of course, he's hitting his threes. But from mid-range, what, 16, or from 10 to 16 feet, he's 64% from the field. From that's, that's un, that, uh, that is unsustainable. I mean, Jordan would be jealous of this man at this point. <laughs> like, what, uh, 3 to 10 feet, he's 57%, almost 58%. I mean, the man, like, is getting anything he wants to fall. And, you know, he loves those. So, at the beginning of the year, he was really, you know, cleaning up his shot profile, shooting threes and layups, or trying to. And he would sneak a couple mid-range shots in here and there. But, I mean, right now, I mean, he's going to be, like, first play of the game. Like, he's trying to get at it. So, I mean, it's working. And he has one of those games, too, where he's super smooth. So, when it's going in, I mean, the boy looks filthy. It's hard to even tell him not to shoot those shots when it just looks so good. But, at I Unless mean, I was coaching, it wouldn't be tough for me. But go ahead. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things where I think it's a lot of fool's gold. At the same time, he has the pedigree to be, you know, an all-star. So even if he just comes down, like, to, a, you know, a normal level, it'll be better than where he's been at the rest of his career. Right, exactly. So, like, even if he was to say to cool off to, like, 21 points, which I think, I think he'll cool off to about 21 points per game. Probably somewhere in the ballpark at like 41, 40% from three and like probably 48% from the field, maybe, which would still be a great year for him. I think the boards are real. He's always he's always proven he can rebound. The assists are real. He's always proven his assists might come down when Zion comes back. Just because the ball is not going to be in his hands, he's not going to be the first option anymore. But, uh, yeah, and then going back to like option, whatever he is. I mean, whatever he is. But I don't want to highlight too, like, he is still, I mean, he is shooting threes. Like, he's shooting five threes a game this year compared to two last year. So, I mean, his shot profile is still good. To his whole career. To his whole career. So, it's definitely a better shot profile. It's just that we're saying that it's, I mean, it's a you're bit saying. much. I'm saying that he's he's playing out of his mind right now. So, I, do, sure. I think he'll come down some, but he'll still be having a very successful year. And the Pelicans will be forced to, well, I mean, they already missed picking with options. So they'll be forced to send an extension. I think the Pelicans should trade him. He's playing so good right now. Trade high on Brandon Ingram. Get him out of there. Flip him. Yeah. Hey, copy, flip it. Check it out on SoundCloud. That's all I'm going to say. I would love to see them trade Brandon Ingram and bring back a guy that's like a pure 3 and D guy. Yeah. Like a... Like a... Uh, like a Mikael Bridges? No, you need more than that. Give me, I need Mikael and I need... Uh, yeah, they don't have enough. Yeah, they don't have enough pieces. I mean, it's really a matter of one of these teams... Who look bad that were supposed to be good, like maybe get somebody off the Kings, but the Kings don't have no three and D guys. I might have to get back to you on that. Who the Brandon Ingram trade should be for? Or do you want to go grab? I mean, they got Jackson Hayes, so you might want to grab the center of the future. It's really just a wing. You're missing like an RJ Hunter or something. But if Brandon Ingram really is his guy, then I mean, hey, let's just rock with it. Right. All right, let's go ahead and get to your next one. Oh, last but not least, the doubted player out of Milwaukee who's now a pacer, Malcolm Brogdon, 
who the Bucks said would be worse without Giannis. This, that, and the third. I heard it from you all summer. That's he's false. Not, he's not gonna. He's not gonna have the insulation of Giannis and the spacing and the good. This, that, and the third. You said he was gonna be worse. Look at the boy. Twenty-three points, five rebounds, nine assists. Looking like a true point. Look, he's looking like a big guard. It's not like he's shooting some unsustainable rate from the three. Man, his, his three-point percentage has actually been down. It looks to go up. For I mean, sure. he's been shooting thirty-one percent from three. So yeah, it's definitely been way down. Yeah, it looks to go up. Bro, Brogdon, he's playing good. He's playing a lot of good, like counting stats. Twenty-four points and like the what'd you say? Oh, no, nine assists. Nine assists. But that's not ignore the three turnovers. It's like, bro. Okay, that's, that's a three-to-one assist ratio. There's nothing wrong with that. No, it is. But I'm saying that's what his assist ratio has always been. It's just what it is, bro, is that he's scaling up and it's just kind of going evenly. But his efficiency as a whole, in terms of just like scoring, has gone down. Because he's taking more shots, right? So he's taking so it's 17 shots a game as opposed to 12 last year. So his points went up from 15 points. Well, let's say 16 points last year up to... 24 points. Right. So it's kind of like it's scaled up, but with all the pressure of being the number one, you know, scoring option on the team and being like, you know, keyed on and doubled and right. helped on, like his percentages have gone down. So it's like, yes, Malcolm Brogdon is a very good player and he will, you know, put the ball in the hole. It's just that he's not one of these guys where he's going to be like, I mean, he's not going to be Devin Booker, bro. You know what I'm saying? He's not going to carry the team offensively. So what he's doing, I think, is good. And I think if Oladipo comes back and it's Oladipo, then I will be wrong. Like, it'll be perfect. I just don't think that, A, this is sustainable. B, I think that when he's going to be put in these pressure situations, I don't know if he's going to be able to hold up guarding the other team's point guard. It's not like the Pacers are winning games, man. Okay, I'll say this. Malcolm Brock is definitely an all-star in the East. Yeah. So, you got the question. Okay. This is what we still agree. Now, look, no one's saying he's the best player on a serious team, a seriously good team, right? But if you're making the second best play, I think he's the second best player on a serious playoff team who is a middle-of-the-pack playoff team, a legit playoff team. It's not squeaking in. It's like probably can make the playoffs in the West, maybe. Yeah. Right. So we agree upon that. So I think when Victor Oladipo comes back, and for all intents and purposes, let's, let's just pretend Victor comes back healthy, 100% victory. So now you have maybe the best defensive backcourt in the league, correct? Wrong. How? Victor Oladipo and Malcolm Brogdon? The How's it the best defensive backcourt in the league? One of the best. I mean, it's good. Top five. Uh, By Philly, of course. Uh, Clippers. Clippers. Um, 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 uh, Is it really that much better than Utah's backcourt? Defensively, yes. I can... Uh, I'm out on Conley. I'm cool on him. He needs to cut the dreads and get serious about basketball. <laughs> he's, he's smoking too much weed. Or I, don't know, I don't know what dude is up to, okay? But I'm going to get back on my guy, Brogdon. So now you've got one of okay. the best. So now you've got one of the best defensive backwards in the league. You've got two guys who are combo guards but can run some points. So now they complement each other perfectly on offense. They both hit threes off ball. The Pacers could be a serious team if Victor Oladipo comes back right. And not to mention, last week on my top five storylines of the week, I talked about who was more disappointed to start the season bad, the Kings or the Pacers. And at this point, it's definitely the Kings. The Pacers have won three of the last four. They're looking good. They're trending up, all while Malcolm Brogdon is the best player on the team. And the Bucks made a mistake. You should have gave the boy the money. And now you just played yourself out of a title. How do y'all feel? Stupid. 
All right, chill. Uh, first of all, I do want to clear this thing up because I saw on Twitter how people are like saying that you know Malcolm Brogdon is better than Bledsoe. They should get Brogdon the money, not Bledsoe. Blah blah blah. And as my guy No Take Ben, a great follow if you're into the Bucks, said on Twitter, it's not a question of Bledsoe versus Brogdon because if we're being honest, if the franchise wasn't cheap. It'd be Bledsoe and Brogdon. Like, it's not an either or the kind of thing. Brogdon got twenty, what, twenty three million dollars. Bledsoe got like sixteen million dollars, bro. So it wasn't like it was like <laughs> right. No, you know, it's not even the same ballpark. It was like they gave him twenty three, and it was like, no, nah, we can't give Brogdon twenty three. No, it's one of those things. Yeah, Bledsoe, Bledsoe took a smaller deal, and also Bledsoe was also way more vital. And he is just as the starting point guard, but like as Brogdon being a wing, y'all have DiVincenzo, Sterling Brown, Wes Matthews now. Like you have all these wings, you have no other starting point guard. So, so I, mean, I just feel like from the aspect he was cheaper, from the aspect of, and, and honestly, I'm going to let me say he was more vital to what for what y'all did last year than Brogdon was. Uh, definitely for regular season. Brogdon is more he's more efficient in the playoffs. He's better in the playoffs. But that's just because Bledsoe falls off a cliff. Bledsoe's the same guy right, no, in the regular I think season. You, I think if you put it in the vacuum, I do think Brogdon might be a better player. I mean, I mean, if they play one on one, Bledsoe probably wins just because Bledsoe's black. But <laughs> Brogdon's uh, not black. Uh, he's biracial. Hey, he one of these biracial bulls. I don't even know that. Hey, hey look. Is he a real brother? Or is he, <laughs> oh my God. Or is he one of these cornball brothers? We don't know. There goes our corporate sponsorships. Nah, but look, for real though, uh, I just feel like he may play play better in the playoffs, but you also lost. If you get a full-fledged peak 2018-2019 season Eric Bledsoe against the Celtics, you win that series if Brockton plays well in You mean the Raptors? Against the Raptors, sorry. <laughs> Y'all finally did beat the Celtics, huh? But against the Raptors, I mean... Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. I think it's one of the things, too, though. I guess there's a whole thing out where Brogdon wanted to play point guard this year. And so he was kind of looking to get more of a – he's looking to get a bigger role. And so it's kind of one of those things where – Worked out best for both parties. I guess. Still, Milwaukee's being cheap. They could have brought him back if they just paid the money. So we'll see if that affects them long term with the whole Giannis decision and all that. But, yeah, Brogdon's been a solid dude, man. Like I don't want to sound like I'm hating him. He's definitely – Solidify himself as a top ten, com- NBA? top ten combo guard in the league. Oh, okay. Like guys that can play the one and the two, he's definitely up there. No, for sure, for sure. I mean, you got Harden, you got Ben Simmons. Definitely not Ben Simmons. <laughs> no, yeah, he's looked great this year. I'm excited to see how it continues to play out, and I'm also excited to see how they look when they add Vic Oladipo back in the lineup. And that concludes my three topics of the week. There you go. Best in the business, baby. For sure, for sure. All right. Last thing. Yesterday, we gave you guys, you know, the top nationally televised games. But on this Under the Radar part, I want to give you guys some more, you know, of the low-key games, some gems, league pass, you know, specials that you can look forward to this week. So today, Wednesday, as this pod is out, I would say... A game that I'm looking forward to outside of the big national TV game is definitely Philly, Utah. Definitely Philly, Utah. It's going to be a good defensive battle. Right. I think it's one of these games where we'll get to see, you know, two premier players because MB will be back, right? Yeah, MB's back. So MB versus Gold Low management. Uh, <laughs> low management. <laughs> yeah. All y'all call it. All y'all call it a quote unquote suspension. It's low management in Philly. Don't worry. We planned it. 
<laughs> but yeah, so in B versus Gobert, you only have to see it twice a year. That's must see TV. Yes, sir. And then I mean, yeah, a bunch of wings, a bunch of guys, a lot of guys on the court that can just straight up hoop. So it's gonna be a fun matchup. Thursday, November seventh. Definitely want to tune into that Thunder Spurs game. Dejounte Murray versus Shea Gilgis. See some young, some young guns out there. It's a great game. And also, side note, also on Wednesday, another game. If you just have nothing to do and you're bored, tap into that New York Knicks Detroit Pistons game. Why? The Knicks, the Knicks are now starting Bobby Portis, Julius Randle, and Marcus Morris. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. What happened to Mitchell Robinson? I don't know, but I was no. He just they just put him on the bench because they're trying to help Julius Randle play better. But uh, I wouldn't believe it if it wasn't true. I can't <laughs> I can't make up a team starting Marcus Morris, Bobby Portis. They start they're starting to say they're starting the same dude three times. <laughs> They've got three of them. <laughs> no, and and also uh, Portis is just crazy. That's a crazy. That is a crazy man. So. If you're bored enough and you have free time, tap into the Bobby Porter show. It never disappoints whether he plays good or terrible. It's equally hilarious. For sure. And Porter's, if you hear this, I don't take you serious. So it's whatever, bro. <laughs> yeah, he's going to punch you, bro. This way, yeah, I'm, hey, I'll be inside of my bag and I'll be in his too. <laughs> All right. On Friday, the 8th, my biggest match of the day is Brooklyn versus Portland. Get to see Kyrie versus Dame. They can ballot out who's the best scoring guard in the league. Now that Curry's out, they could be an explosive matchup. Also, because Brooklyn doesn't play defense and they get into these shootouts, so right. we might see a real you know, offensive battle. Yeah, for me, it's, it's I mean, Friday's a league pass. Friday's action-packed, really. You just have Brooklyn, Portland. You got Philly, Denver. You got Milwaukee, Utah. Mm-hmm. And you got Bobby Portis versus the Mavericks. You have to tap <laughs> in. No, but definitely Philly, Denver, and Milwaukee, Utah. A lot of playoff teams, a lot right. of good matchups. Most definitely. And hold on, scroll up. What's crazy is, why is a national TV game the Cleveland Cavs versus the Washington Wizards? You got all these other gyms on that day. Someone deserves to lose their job. Someone <laughs> has to, because the Cavs and the Wizards were going to suck this year. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, the Cavs just lost LeBron. He, he was thinking preseason. LeBron's on the Cavs. You got to. Man, I mean, Jokic and B. I mean, Giannis going up against the Stifle Tower and Gobert. I mean, once, once again, matchups you only see twice a year. Man, yeah, somebody dropped the ball with that one. Let's go ahead and move on. It's the Saturday. The Saturday matchup for me is, I mean, there's really nothing great. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Boston San Antonio is about as best as you're going to do that day. I mean, unless you're a real NBA head, I mean, there's some, definitely some good things to see. But for all those just looking for matchups, I think DeJounte and those guys, uh, going against Boston, it should be pretty fun to watch. Especially no. considering neither team plays defense, so it'll definitely be another shootout. No, yeah, no, no. That's definitely going to be a good game. The, the Spurs are a really interesting team to watch, if you haven't watched them, for me at least, just to see the dynamics of, like, where they are now, what they do. And also, they have a stockpile at the guard position. So, actually, the Spurs could be a team shopping players to a team like the Pelicans if they want to give up Brandon Ingram. That could be their next guy. No. All right. Let's, I mean, if you, you can get them Derek White. Uh, I'll keep my Ingram. Yeah. Let's go ahead and move on to Sunday. Lonnie Walker? The biggest matchup on Sunday definitely is Minnesota-Denver because Towns has an unspoken rivalry with Jokic. I know that he's – there's been people on record saying that he's like – I don't want to say jealous. But he feels like he gets more credit than he deserves, and Towns feels like he can do the same thing. 
to a certain extent. I love towns. I really do. But no. He needs to, he needs to like, hit on the, what, what Jokic does. As you, like, Jokic is one of the most unique players in NBA history. What he does, you, sir, Cat Towns, cannot do. And Jokic just seems like such a cooler guy. <laughs> but, yeah, that's going to about wrap it up for our week preview of the Under the Radar League Pass Gyms. Hope you guys have a good day, and we'll see you guys tomorrow. And also, the last thing I want to say, if you haven't heard of a rapper named Rod Wave, <laughs> tap into the album. It's great. It's the Ghetto Gospel. Please tap into the Ghetto Gospel, Rod Wave. For sure. We'll see you guys soon. Have a blessed evening. Once again, this has been The Lead at NBA Pod. If you like what you heard, please hit that follow or subscribe button. Because we are a new podcast, we'd appreciate it if you help us get the word out. We want to offer all fans a different flair and perspective as they follow this year's NBA season. As always, follow us at The League NBA Pod on Twitter to stay up to date with the latest episodes and to engage in the conversation and debates going around the internet. I want to thank you for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow with more coverage of the NBA.